You're listening to Off The Bench with Benny Jones and Scotty Sadler for First Choice Liquor for all your liquor needs. Yeah, welcome to Off The Bench after what has been another big week of sports news and ahead of what promises to be a great weekend of sporting contests right around the globe involving a few of our national teams as well. For First Choice Liquor, they've got all your liquor needs taken care of. Benny Jones, my name. Pleasure to have alongside me in the studio. This is a rare treat on Off The Bench. It's usually one or the other, but we've got both. Gary Belcher and Scotty Sattler. Hello, boys. Yeah, it's only one yeah, of us do it usually, don't we? Yeah. Oh, it's part of your How workplace agreement, isn't it? Actually, I'll just... <laughs> no, don't leave us, Badge. We'd like you to stay. You sure? Like, yeah, we'd love you to stay. In here all the well, time. we want you to stay because there's lots to talk about. Oh, so. Stay till half time. Yeah. Well, we're going to hear from uh, we're going to hear from Kurt Fernley a little later in the program. What an amazing story his is, but also uh, his nomination as the New South Wales candidate for the Australian of the Year, which toughest Edelman. man in the world, easily, easily yep. gutsy. Courageous, tough. You run out of superlatives for Kurt Fernley, but we'll uh, hear his speech, his acceptance speech, which was off the cuff uh, earlier on in the week. We'll also hear from a couple of prominent Socceroos ahead of their big clash against uh, the Korea Republic. That's uh, this weekend as well, up in Brisbane as they prepare for the Asian Cup early next year. We've got a Gurney high pressure moment. What else have we got? Oh, McKeon Power Driver's seat preview. Stealing ants. Stealing ants. Uh, I've just looked at the run sheet. Where's that? Ant poaching laws. For the NRL. <laughs> and poaching. And anti Is that on the back of poaching. Benny Jones' wife, Amy, asking whether ants have bones? Do we get to the bottom of that? Do they yeah, have bones? I, I sure. love the snake story. You've got to tell us the <laughs> snake story. The snake Benny. story is my wife was unsure as to how a snake could climb in an upwards direction because they don't have any legs. So she thought, she said... Maybe their tail converts into a leg to give them a leg up. <laughs> so to speak. My wife, uh, not the sharpest tool in the shed, but I love her. I love her if she's listening. Amy, I do love you, but boy, you say some weird things. Oh, you uh, just give us so much material. We've got a driver's seat preview because what a big weekend it is in motorsport too, Badge, with uh, Newcastle hosting the final round of the championships. Oh, there's only a few points, isn't there? Scotty McLaughlin and... Shane Van Gisbergen. Van Gisbergen. So, yeah, we'll uh, hear from the boys on the driver's set a little later on in the program. But uh, let's recap on the week that's been with a big focus on all things NRL. And I want to start with the referees. Bad Sats, a, a shake-up in that department. Yep. Um, a prominent name goes by the wayside, a man who's been in charge of things since basically 2013. Uh, is the time right for a freshen up, do we think? Yeah, yes. absolutely, because yes. those statistics that came out during the week, Badge and, and Benny, where it was proven that there was eight less hours of of play a lot of footy. in action and but we don't we don't know whether that is how do you equate that directly to the referees well whether there's more penalties which is you know if penalty goals are being kicked but as soon as you say but as soon as you say more penalties i go well that means more infringement does that yep. mean teams are pushing the envelope yeah well, then the the argument could continue to develop on every question like why is there more penalties of course there's two referees on the field well that's been around a while but then there was a, a penalty crackdown Mm. Throughout the, a portion of the year, where there the was. ruck was really focused on players the games are slowing down. Yeah, players are just There's, pretty dumb and slow on the uptake. Yeah, but there's there. 28, 29 penalties a game, yeah. which slows the game down itself. Um, when you're kicking for touch, and all those little moments all add up when the ball is not in action. Yeah, but, when a scrum but, is being. Packed. But once again, why is it the rest fault if the players are infringing? Look, I do, I do know what you're saying, and and I'm sort of playing devil's advocate here. But Tony Archer has been yep. moved into a completely other role. He won't be involved directly with the referees. 
Uh, Graham Annesley comes in as head, as foot, head of football back there. I think it's great, uh, who, who was a former referee involved with the NRL. Now he's been in club land for a while. He had been with the Titans. Oh, what was that, about three years, five years? Yeah, about three years. There was a politician before that. Yes, yep. and, uh, and Bernard Sutton will be, I think, the uh, overseer of the referees, reporting directly to Graham to Graham. I'm surprised that Bernard Sutton has, has held on to his role as well because, of course, there's been a lot of perception. You can never make decisions based on hearsay and perceptions, but around the nepotism or the, uh, the apparent nepotism amongst the ranks of refereeing from the fans. Uh, and some of those arguments are around his brother, um, Jared Sutton, who is a good referee and has got a lot of the big games. Matt Checken not being allocated a lot of those really big games, yes, grand finals yes, or state right. of origins or big finals matches, whatever it may be. Mm. And then you've got another Sutton that's in the mix as well, Chris Sutton, who was an official, who came up and started doing as a linesman, which usually in, we don't really worry about linesmen in the too finals. Much, in the finals, ahead of a lot of other officials that have been doing it for a lot longer. Yeah, so um, some question marks there. there but maybe, maybe with uh, with a new face there, Graham Annesley, he can make sure that stuff doesn't happen. You know, Graham Annesley again has said yesterday that um, his job is to deliver on the NRL strategic plan to implement free flowing and exciting football. So maybe Love this it. is the first step forward in allowing that to happen because as much as we love the game and we'd never give up on it, it has gone through periods where it is really stagnant. Uh, I'm sure I've mentioned this to you boys before and you might have laughed me off. All this concern about... Yeah, probably. All this concern about the time that the clock is ticking but the play's not happening. Why don't you guys have time on a la AFL where where there's a penalty, stop until the ball's back in motion. When there's someone having a shot on goal, stop. After a try, stop. Well, on goal, stop. Or after I, that, a try, that, that got tweaked this season. I yep. do know that, but I mean, what? Unless the ball is actually in play, why don't we stop? The yeah, they stop the they stop the play when after a goal is kicked or attempted after a try, as players are running back to the halfway. When yeah. that's probably one time you don't need to no, stop. Probably it. not. And in the last five minutes, minutes yeah. the clock stops more. I, I agree with you, Benny. I, I, no. I see it. What you don't want to see is the game, um, the players, therefore, oh, we're going to stop the clock. We'll just take as long oh, as we can. Yeah, and it, it does frustrate me. Yep. You want to watch, you know, NFL or uh, and other sports where you go, okay, well, the, the actual scheduled time is going to be yeah. about 80 minutes of play plus a break, and we're here for three hours. And it's, I think that a lot of people yep. would be annoyed by that. Yeah. Well, you see that in basketball. The last minute goes for about 35 minutes in some cases. Now, while we're talking about shake-ups, the Queensland Origin coaching yes. uh, setup has had that and some. Um, some new faces, but relatively familiar ones, Sats, but a couple of uh, favourites of uh, bitter uh, fond farewell. Yeah, Trevor Gilmore, who's played such a, an important role, hasn't he, Badge, as a player, as, mm. as a captain, and, and also as an assistant coach, especially with their, their contact. The, the defence um, yep. around those tight areas around around where the play of the ball always is. Usually, a lot of the time, it's with those those immediate forwards that spend a lot of time in the middle of the field. And you've you've noticed a big change in a lot of those players that have mm. come under Gillies, Trevor Gilmice's tutelage. But and Tony Spencer, their former trainer, has yes. been there forever and a day. Is no longer there, but they bring in Slater, they bring in Thurston, they bring in Sivan Asiva as a team manager, and Justin Hodges as an assistant coach, who's been. He's relatively new to the coaching game, maybe only his first year out of the game in 2016, and he's held roles in um, in the Queensland 20s. Uh, from all reports, really impressive behind closed doors, the way that he addresses mm. the side. So, yeah, some some astute moves. Yeah, yeah, I'm not, you know, I can't really give those guys the uh, the new guys a rap yet because they haven't done anything in the job, but all. Good men, yeah. and, and it's a, it's a quite a Queensland tradition, and the New, New South Wales setup as well, to have former players in there that can impart 
some of their knowledge. I just want to say about Trevor Gilmister, what a um, what a fantastic uh, job he did for a long time. And I know that the quality of the man, he wouldn't be filthy about it. He'd be he'd be disappointed, but he'd realise just how privileged he was to yeah. be there. And maybe one example would be uh, if you, you you know to get your head around it. Um, so remember when Andrew Fafita cut loose in 2017 in that first game and, and, and they won it so well, New mm. South Wales, and, and we kind of thought, gee, how much are they going to win this series? Why are they going to kill us? They were just great. And then the next game, Queensland came out and just shut him right down. Well, the, 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 Trevor Gilmister would have had a big role in, in how the forwards defended, how they hunted him back in, how they actually made contact on him to make sure he didn't get those offloads away. That's the kind of stuff specifically that a guy like him, he would do. And, and, and he... All the players that played under him, I think, especially the forwards, they'd come in from their clubs and they'd go away with a, a real uh, specific focus back on their, their contact that you know you carry for the rest mm. of the year. Uh, I suppose the biggest question is with Gilly not being there now, is it who rooms with Alf? Because no one rooms with Alan Lane. Everyone gets their own room who wants, who wants except the job? for Alan Well, Alf, Alf can't room on his own. He's afraid, He's afraid of, the of the dark. dark yep. And he's a bit of a pest. And, but mm. Gilly can put up with him mm. and have a good laugh with him. But um, <laughs> I, I look, the only person I, I can think, and it, it's it's probably got to be the coach. Probably got to be Kevy, yeah, because they're good mates back from Ipswich, and you, you get you get your own room as the coach, of course, and a big bed. But mm. there's always room for a little cot <laughs> on the side. You can have a little. You can just yeah. ask for the baby cot and on the side. Along those lines, yeah, you right could probably out. find just something just at a baby bunting. One of those yeah. little nightlight glow yeah, ones. Yeah, just sit in the corner. Yeah. You're fine. You'll be fine, Alfie. Yeah. He'll be. He'll be okay. It's been yeah. a weird week, and there's been a lot of talking points Lots that have come about. from it. Yeah, no doubt about it. Now, just before we get to the break, I wanted to get this one uh, happening off the top, really, of the program, because uh, to say this guy's an inspiration would be one of the He's great understatements. Superman. He's Superman. Yeah. And on a week where we've been talking about superheroes, yes. of course, uh, the, the passing of Stan Lee, uh, the creator of so many What's iconic- his last name? You said Stanley, but what's Stanley? Oh, Stan <laughs> that old gag. Um, but I'm referring to, in this case, Kurt Fernley. Yeah. Uh, he provided a speech at the recent New South Wales Australian of the Year Awards, uh, where he was nominated as New South Wales candidate for the Australian of the Year. And we'll play that for you in a moment. But when you think of Kurt Fernley, Sats, what's the, what's the first thing that springs to mind? Well, everyone says Paralympics and just the success that he's had. But my. My image of Kurt Fernley, and I, and I saw an image of it, is when he completed Kokoda on his knuckles. Yeah. And that last step that he took to get to the top, and he 90, pulled his body up onto that last step. And I said, that's it's ridiculous. 96 kilometres, the Kokoda trek, for those not familiar with it, with some of the steepest inclines and declines in muddy, hot, humid conditions, and wet very rain, difficult, sideways. difficult steps and all terrain. Oh, I, I, I haven't done it. I'm just yeah. a wuss. But I've had mates that have, and they just say it's just it's, it's grueling every day, every every hour. It's just yep. grueling. So it's mentally draining more than anything else. And even if you're able bodied with you know strong knees and and a good strong back, it still takes it out of you for him to do it the way he did it. Uh, quite incredible. And and this is a guy who was expected to live for a week when yep. he was born. Doctor said, look, he won't be around for too long. So enjoy the time you have. Small town of Cowra. Uh, nine Olympic, uh, Paralympic Games gold medals, Commonwealth and World Title gold medals as well. Just simply an incredible human being, really. Yeah. Two kids, and just continues to and a real inspiration, achieve incredible you know, things for um, for disabled athletes, yep. yes. especially. But all of us, for all of us, mm. yeah. So anyway, we thought 
with that in mind, and because it was such a, a wonderful off-the-cuff speech, uh, we'd play that for you here on Off the Bench. So this is Kurt Fernley from earlier in the week, uh, the New South Wales nominee for the Australian of the Year. Uh, I now have two regrets in my life. One was not preparing a speech for my wedding day. <laughs> the second is obviously not preparing a speech for uh, this moment. Um, <laughs> Mark and Joanne and, and uh, Professor Sala, uh, to have shared just a, just a moment of your journey, I feel grateful. Um, I, feel, uh, I, I feel a little unworthy to win um, with, with these nominees here. And uh, although I may feel unworthy right now, I'll do everything I can to, to justify this moment with whatever lay ahead. Um, I... I'm a, I'm a proud Australian. I'm, I'm a proud man with a disability. I am grateful that I've had the privilege to wear the, the green and gold for, for 20 years now. Um, one of the most solitary sports in the world, you, uh, you constantly have your head down. And for the first time, I think the last time I got to wear that green and gold, you look around and you realise a lot of people have come with you. And, You've been able to talk about some things that you feel grateful to have, to have brought to the stage. And when I, when I finally now get the chance to look back, you don't see, you don't see the race wins, really. You, you don't see the medals. The medals, are, the medals are sitting in a Huggies box in my kids' room. <laughs> you, see, you see the moment where my dad where my dad found me crawling around the fields playing footy while he watched the Ausday 10K on Australia Day and saw, saw these gladiators in wheelchairs and he picked me up off the footy field and ran me inside and he showed me what, what was out there for me. I, I, I see a principal who demanded that I would receive public education and fought for me and my family when we didn't even know a fight was there. I see... A teacher that whispered to me that I was more than a HSE mark, that the desire that you can build in a person is the most valuable thing that's there. I see a coach that told me that he thought I could be the best in the world and he was willing to take every single step with me. I, I see person after person that invested with me through kindness and love and generosity uh, a town of 200 who bought me my first wheelchair when my family begged for them not to. They said, stay out of it, it's between us and the boy. <laughs> I am the culmination of generous moment after generous moment, kind moment after kind moment, and that is the glue that holds this country together. And I am proud husband to Sheridan and the proud father to my Amelia who Heather will be celebrating her first birthday while you're celebrating her, your 92nd on Saturday <laughs> and I hope that she gets to live 92 powerful years as you have and to Jared and Sophie I will I really look forward to sharing these next few months and, and, and sharing your journey as well and I will take every one of those generous moments that people have bombarded on me and I will carry them down to Canberra on Australia Day and I will cautiously, cautiously represent every single one of those people and every single one of those moments. Uh, uh, thank you, Premier. You gave me goosebumps. 
<laughs> I apologise. Um, and thank you, thank you to every single person who has carried me for the last 37 years, but specifically the 25 where I have had the pleasure to represent this country and I feel absolutely overwhelmed with the privilege to represent my state down in Canberra on the 25th of January. Thank you. So there's Kurt Fernley, amazing stuff. We wish him well for next year. There'll be some amazing nominations from right across the country. Yeah. There always is. But if he was to win it, be Australian oh. of the Year, I think there'd be a dry eye in the nation. Tough to mutter. You know Tough Mudder? Yes. They should use him as their He is a Tough Mudder. As their icon. For someone who didn't tough have a mutter. speech prepared, that's... Yeah, it was yeah, pretty good. Right. Pretty emotional. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. We have to rely on rundowns. He did that off the top of his head. Incredible stuff. More Off the Bench still to come. We're going to hear from a couple of key socceroos next. We're doing it for First Choice Liquor. This is Off the Bench. You're listening to Off the Bench with Benny Jones and Scotty Sadler for First Choice Liquor for all your liquor needs. Hey, we've also got Gary Belcher with us as well here on Off the Bench for First Choice Liquor. All your liquor needs. Boys, is going to take a breather for a moment or two as we cast our focus towards Saturday night at Suncorp Stadium. Great to have some international football back at that venue, and it's going to be great to see the Socceroos on home soil for the first time under Graham Arnold version 2.0 and I say that because of course Arnie was at the helm uh, back in 2007 at the Asian Cup Uh, that didn't end under the greatest of circumstances but after the departure of first Ange Postacoglu and then Bert van Marwijk at the back end of the World Cup in Russia Graham Arnold will have a second crack at managing coaching this Socceroos outfit and it's a new look outfit of course Mila Yedinak has retired Tim Cahill has retired so some fresh faces but obviously building up towards the Asian Cup of next year, where Australia will look to defend their title. Through the week, uh, they've been doing the media rounds as they travel throughout Queensland, getting out and about to hospitals and getting out and about to schools and meeting the youngsters and all the football fans around the Sunshine State, which has been great to see. Uh, we're going to hear from a couple of uh, young stars of that Socceroos outfit right now. Josh Risden, one of the uh, key defenders uh, as part of the World Cup and also a huge part of the Hyundai A-League. And Andrew Naboo, who injured his shoulder, sadly, in the World Cup, but has uh, fast-tracked his rehab to the point where he is available and ready for selection only some four or five months after badly damaging that shoulder. So we'll hear from both guys now as the Socceroos prepare to take on the Korea Republic on Saturday up in Brisbane. I'm Josh Risden. Welcome back to Socceroos Camp. Can you tell us a little bit, first of all, about what the team's doing down here today? Uh, yeah, thanks. It's um, yeah, always to get involved back back in camp with all the, all the players and staff. So um, yeah, we're just out here this morning just to uh, promote promote the game for Saturday night. Um, and yeah, the city city of Brisbane. Um, yeah, it's a fairly good turnout um, from from some fans and kicking the ball around with some kids. So um, yeah, it's good to get out in the in the crowd, and interact with them, um, and yeah, help uh, help to get uh, some people along on Saturday. And on Saturday we do play at Suncorp Stadium, a venue you've come to many times in the A League, but this time the fans will be cheering for you instead of the Raw. Yeah, which would be nice for a change. Um, it was always tough here coming coming as a visiting team. Um, but yeah, it's a great stadium, great pitch. Um, so really looking forward to it. Um, I played obviously here when it was a packed out stadium uh, for the final against Brisbane Raw. Um, so yeah, I'm sure if uh, yeah we get some a lot of fans on Saturday night, it'll be a great atmosphere. What are you expecting this week in camp? Of course, Graham Arnold likes to put a lot of focus on, on the team and, and getting everyone prepared with the right game plan for Saturday. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, it's going to be a great week. Really looking forward to it. Um, it's going to be a big test for us on Saturday. So, 
yeah, I'm sure, um, yeah, Arnie will get um, everyone focused um, and, yeah, ready for, for the game plan and, um, yeah, really looking forward to Saturday night. And finally, what sort of test can we expect from Korea Republic? Of course, they are one of the strongest nations in Asia in terms of, in terms of international football. Yeah, definitely. Um, it's going to be a, yeah, a tough game, um, but it's going to be a great test for us, obviously, leading into the Asian Cup. Um, they're, they're a great side, um, got a lot of attacking threats. So, um, yeah, like I said before, we will um, work on the game plan during the week and I'm sure Arnie yeah, will, will be pushing us hard to, and yeah, getting us focused for, for Saturday night and um, yeah, I'm sure we'll get the result. Josh, enjoy the week and good luck against Korea Republic. Cheers, thank you. Well, Andrew Naboot, firstly, welcome back to Australia. Can you explain a little bit about what we've been doing down here at Queen Street Mall this morning? Yeah, so we've come down nice and early to the Queen Street Mall, um, put on by Tag Hoyer, and, and we're just, you know, out here engaging with the community, getting some kids into the, into the Tag Hoyer ring, and um, just really promoting our game on Saturday, hoping, you know, as many people can, can make it there as possible. And you've come direct from Brisbane Airport, where you've just taken the flight from Tokyo. How are you feeling this morning? Yeah, good. I mean, it, it's good because there's not much of a time difference between Japan and, and Brisbane, which is nice, and I slept the whole way, which is good. I'm fresh and ready for training today. And uh, this, of course, is your first camp under Graham Arnold after you did suffer the shoulder injury in the World Cup. How excited are you to be back with the national team? Yeah, of course. I mean, it's always an honour to, to be called back up to the national team and, and to be able to, you know, represent your country. And, and especially now, you know, with the, with, with the new coach, um, you know, it's an honour to be called up and, and you know, get to, to prove myself, I guess, after, you know, after being out for a while. Um, it's going to be nice to get in with some fresh faces and, and really get down to work. And you fought your way back to full fitness earlier than perhaps many might have expected. How much work's gone into getting back on the pitch in Japan? Yeah, well, it's, uh, it's, it's been a tough journey. Um, you know, I've been working double time to be able to come back early and, and ready for the, World, uh, the Asian Cup, sorry. Um, yeah, it's been a bit tough. My wife's had to, to sit there and watch me do rehab all day at home, which is it's tough on her. But no, it's... Um, it's proved to be to be good for me. I've come back two or three months early, earlier than expected, and um, I've played about four games now in Japan, which is which is good. And, and now I'm ready to go. And what kind of support do you think that the Socceroos can expect this weekend in Brisbane? Of course, you have played at Suncorp Stadium many times as an opponent of the Royal. Yeah, well, uh, it's going to be nice to go there as the home team. Um, you know, we're expecting a big crowd. Obviously, it's the first time we've played at home in a while, and. You know, we always get a good crowd at home and, and you know, we're expecting a big crowd to, to really cheer us on. And lastly, Andrew, you are of Lebanese heritage, your family uh, from there. So can you talk us a little bit about how proud you'd be to play in the match next Tuesday night, which doubles, of course, as Tim Cahill's farewell match? Yeah, well, it's, uh, you know, it's a very big game to be involved in. Um, you know, and if I do get that honour to play, it's, it's going to be a, a, a really proud moment for me and my family. Obviously, being of Lebanese heritage, it's going to be a big game for me. Um, and, you know, most importantly, it's a good preparation for us for the Asian Cup. It's, you know, it's, it's more about how we're going to play and how we're going to prepare. So um, it's, it's going to be a good game to be involved in. Um, whether I am playing or not, um, you know, it's, it's, it's going to be good to be there. And, and obviously it's Timmy's final game. So that's going to be a very special moment for Australian fans. Andrew, enjoy the week in camp. Thank you. So Andrew Naboo there, Josh Risden before him. The Socceroos will square up against the Korea Republic this Saturday night. You can get your tickets. There's still a few available. And it'll be a great look at how the guys are tracking ahead of their Asian Cup defence in 2019. We're going to take a quick break here on Off the Bench. When we return, we'll nominate a Makita Power player and also all things motorsport in focus as we get a preview from the driver's seat boys. You're listening to Off the Bench. 
You're listening to Off The Bench with Benny Jones and Scotty Sadler for First Choice Liquor for all your liquor needs. The Sports Day Makita Power Player for Makita's massive redemption sale. Makita, when power means business. All right, cancel my 9 o'clock badge. We've got a few to get through here. Massive redemption sale. Grab yourself free Makita gear. Visit makita.com.au for details. I say that in jest, mind you, because Scott Sattler, you have come up with a list of names for a very powerful reason. Tell us more. David Nofaluma, Jason Bakuya. Victor Radley, mm. Junior Totola, Sam Bremner, and all Corbin McGregor. What have they got in common? They're all rock and roll wrestlers. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Stone Cold Steve Austin. <laughs> George the Animal Jake, Steel. Jake the Snake Roberts. Yeah. yeah. Victor back, Radley. I go back to Mario Milano. Oh. And who on the on the old wrestling show back in the day? On the old black Killer and Carl Cox. Hilario <laughs> <laughs> <Killer> Day. <laughs> now, what they did through the Players Association and – it was a, it was oh, a these quick, are NRL players. Yeah, it's a quick fire um, operation that the Players Association, through Clint Newton, former former NRL player, premiership winner with the Melbourne Storm, put together in a two week period where he took those players that I just mentioned over to Fiji in the off season, where a lot of people are going to Bali, wherever to uh, for off season, Vegas, whatever mm-hmm, it may be. Mm-hmm. They went to Fiji to help out all the communities, help build new. Um, New establishments, new housing, oh, wow. help out in plumbing, drainage, whatever it may be, just to help all the, all the villagers over there. Went to different communities on a on a day to day basis just to help out where they needed help, and oh, that's just great. a great initiative. And again, just put together in a two week period, flew the players over there. Players apparently some were going on end of season trip trips, cancelled that yep. to make sure they go on this trip. So it's a fantastic initiative. Badge, we talk about the impact that would have on on those local communities, and, and you can't really put a measure on it. But I also wonder what sort of positive impact that would have on those players involved. A, a dose of perspective. Oh, yeah. A, and you look at the yeah. way the world works and, you know, living outside of their bubble for a little bit. Yeah, it's yeah. Good. Great, great development for all of those guys. And they will all have different reasons for going over. So I, I, I applaud them for putting that together and, and uh, Clint Newton for putting mm. it together. It, it, is, it is the it, – it's one of our potential great frontiers, Fiji, mm. for rugby league. The talent that comes out of there is extraordinary. Hasn't been tapped – into that well, Petro Sivanasiva, along with a few other people, have been has been trying and trying and trying to get a Fijian team into uh, the New South Wales uh, Intrust Super Cup. Yep, and hopefully that'll happen. It's I know it's closer to Queensland, but it's a lot logistically much better to go uh, to New South Wales and play all these teams that are based in Sydney. They just every second week they'd be in Sydney, and every second week a team would fly over. But they just they're just having I think some you know trouble. Sorting that out as far as sponsorship goes and making it work financially, but yeah, this that area is uh, or Fiji is massive for, potentially for the NRL. But you're at Canberra when Noah Nandruku arrived, yes, yeah, because yes. he really hit the scene, didn't he? About '92. Yeah, we went to we went up to play, and I think it was yeah, I think it was the start of '93 because um, I was I was coming back from a knee reconstruction and I was playing in the sevens that yes. year. I'd missed the year before. So yeah, we were up up at the uh, the, the the sevens that we had. Yep. What was it called then? The world sevens. The world sevens. Yep. And um, a, a gentleman we'd I'd got to know at the end of the last year on tour in Papua New Guinea, uh, who'd sort of hosted us and helped us out a lot, and he was kind of the, our protector over there with the Aussie side. He was working with the Fijian team, um, the Colonel we called him, and he mm-hmm. we sat down and had a, a beer with him one night. Um, and he said, oh, and Tim Sheen's joined in. He said, I've just got to tell you, this player we've got here is incredible. You you want to watch him. Mm. Um, 
next day, I think Tim saw about three minutes of him and signed him. Yeah. Probably signed him at half time of a sevens game. How was his tra- we have to have him. He's How amazing. was his transition when he came from Fiji, where basically he's living, yeah, he was, living in village and, he and was, comes down to Oh, Canberra. really tricky. And, and uh, we've all got some stories about... Noah and how difficult it was, you know, living in, and how he just didn't. Oh, the culture shock, yeah, yeah, just and just having, you know, all the basics that, that he suddenly had, yeah, but into this completely different environment, structured um, environment. Noah as well. and, he, and his wife uh, Nola, and yeah, it was, um, it was a great, it was, it was, it was a freak, great, and instantly was uh, his talent just shone oh. through. Makita Power Play, a massive redemption sale. Makita, when power means business, uh, a great bunch of nominations there. The driver's seat preview for Kubota Skid Steers. Power at your fingertips. Ah, oh, yes, indeed, for Kubota's M7-1. Great to have uh, the uh, season that has just delivered so much uh, this year in 2018 coming to a close in the town of Newcastle. or the city of Newcastle, really. It's going to be an absolute belter. And as we do approach the tail end of the season, the rumour mill is going into overdrive. Drivers leaving teams, making moves. Nick Perkat from Brad Jones Racing joined the boys to give them a bit of an insight on some of the seat changes heading into the off-season. Hey, um, give us an exclusive. Who's going to be the teammate? Who's going to be your teammate in Blanchard's car next year? Go on. I don't know. Just between Blanchard's you and me. Cagey. Blanchard's that cagey. He doesn't tell us anything. Really? I thought me and Slater would get like a really good opportunity to pick someone, you know, someone we like. You know, got rid of Blanchard finally. So <laughs> <laughs> someone actually buys our coffees and stuff. <laughs> but no, he's given us donuts. Wow. Wonderful to be a Mark Winterbottom. Someone on our Facebook, Nimsy, mentioned that Anthony Anderson, I yeah, Anthony, that it'll be Mark Winterbottom will go there. I don't reckon. Nah, I wouldn't have thought so. Nah, I don't reckon either. I don't I think don't. he fits the mold of me and Slater. I think he's gone to that other, that other single car mob. <laughs> It's interesting, isn't it? Because there's lots of talk going up and down pit lane. I've spoken to probably oh, half a dozen of the boys this last week since he made the official announcement, and we spoke about it on last week's show. And there's a lot of options. There is a lot of options, and I think there's a lot of options. In his because, world, there's a lot of options. Well, I think he's going with sponsorship. I think he's coming with sponsorship, so I think that opens up the opportunities. Nissan, maybe. One. Um, yep. Possibly yours, mate. Well, not yours. <laughs> not yours. Not, say, not yeah. yours, uh, as I say, but at BJR. Tell you that Tim would never put him in the car. <laughs> <laughs> there's a personality clash there. It ain't going to work. There's a there's a techno, possibly. There's yep, a team eighteen, possibly. There's three. So there's well, I thought four with maybe Blanchards. So no. you know, I reckon there's a, there's. Well, he said I think a I few overheard options. him on the plane actually saying something about going to Charlie's. <laughs> oh. Exclusive behind me. A roving reporter, Nick Perkett. Oh, yeah. give the man a microphone. Send the, send, Nick, you can send it an invoice for that one, mate. Well done. You heard, you heard it here first on the driver's seat. Hey, Nick, before we let you go, mate, look, uh, just looking at your stats from this year, I mean, we're coming up to the final round in Newcastle, but, mate, you've had quite a, quite a season, two podiums, uh, both the AGP, but a lot of top 10 finishes. And uh, you must be pretty pleased with uh, how you're driving the ZB. Yeah, it's going not too bad. Obviously, it'd be nice to get a bit more, bit, a few more trophies and stuff like that. But um, so competitive. But yeah, the last I think three or four rounds we've been inside the top seven, eight there, which is um, positive and kind of chipping away at the getting some points back in the championship that we missed out on when we had some splitter issues and the bloody gear lever snap and stuff like that. So yeah, it's been good to have a consistent end of the year, and hopefully Newcastle's no different and kind of leads into a good uh, 2019. Hey, you love this team, don't you, Nick? I don't think in all the yeah. years I've known you, I don't think I've seen you more relaxed 
and chilled out and happy in the driver's seat, so to speak. I, you, you love this place, don't you? Yeah, it's... Um, I don't know, Brad's going to have to do a lot to get rid of me. Well, it's pretty fine, me. Pretty simple, I guess. I'll, I'll keep coming back. <laughs> but I, I tell you, it's nice from a driver's point of view because drivers are always looking around and saying, always thinking there's a better option. You know, they're always looking up the grid saying, yep. I'd love to do a DJI RTP or a Triple Eight. So for a driver, Nimsy, to actually say, Brad's going to have to do a lot to get rid of me because I love where I'm at. That, I, that, that's a very cool thing. I think it's a very cool yeah. thing, Nick. It, it is very good. So I don't, I don't, well, the grass has been greener now I've been here, but uh, yeah, I'm well, happy with it. So mate, it works well. We love you, mate. And uh, we hope that everything is going to be going on well for you. You're, you've obviously been involved with the, the Superloop 500 launch in the last yep. couple of weeks. That's exciting. So you, your home your home race is going to have a big sponsor for a while. That's good. Yeah, it is. It was really good. It's good that they're, you know, they're bringing a lot of job opportunity to Adelaide as well, so it's uh, a good little fit in. So that was Nick Perkatter. Another big show awaits uh, ahead of the Newcastle grand finale. It's in a fortnight with the legendary Dick Johnson back on the show. Plus, we'll talk to Lee Holdsworth about a tough year and what he's going to be doing in 2019. Uh, that's our look at the driver's seat. If you want to follow the boys at the driver's seat show, the driver's seat show that is i'll get it out the second time around uh make sure you head onto the socials to find them there we'll take a quick break here on off the bench a gurney high pressure moment and we'll find out what the guys badge and sats are looking forward to this weekend you're listening to off the bench with benny jones and scotty sadler for first choice liquor for all your liquor needs Sports Day High Pressure Moment for Gurney High Pressure Cleaners, available at Bunnings Warehouse. Yeah, this one a little different, boys. I'll explain in just a moment, but for Gurney High Pressure Cleaners, available at Bunnings, the warehouse, Bunnings Warehouse, Gurney gets the job done. It is a a pretty ordinary moment that came out of what was an amazing event in Mudgee, the little town of Mudgee, the Mm. little town that could on uh, on Saturday afternoon. They hosted an A-League game between the Western Sydney Wanderers and the Brisbane Roar. And there was a moment during the match, uh, everyone was a little confused really at the time, uh, as security converged on uh, a section of the crowd behind the Brisbane Raw goals. As it turned out, a fan had racially abused Raw goalkeeper Jamie Young, won't go into the term that was used. He's Indigenous, isn't He's he, an indi- Yeah, Indigenous athlete. Uh, he pointed out the fan, the fan was escorted, and, and now they're talking about potential lifelong bans or long-term bans. But I want to say well done to Jamie Young for his handling of it the day after. He made a statement. He said, I don't want the fan banned for life. I want him educated. I want everyone educated on why these sort of terms can't be used. So for me, I thought under a high-pressure wow. situation, handled himself yeah, really, really well. Arcee Thompson was one of the, um, the former Socceroos on one of the panel shows after the game that said, we, we've got to suspend this guy for life. I agree with Jamie Young yeah. was, and agree with you, Benny. Handled himself beautifully. And uh, education is the, is, um, is the key. But what really impressed me as well is the Western Sydney Wanderers yep. supporters they played a role in identifying the fan as well as yeah. security converged on that area. A supporter group who have been criticised for their yes. behaviour in the past. Yes. Page, so it's that, good well, that's a great thing too, and then maybe that's the you know uh, the catalyst for their for their behaviour to improve. But yeah, it, it is quite easy to just go, oh yeah, he's, he's small minded, poorly educated, get rid yeah. of him for life. Mm-hmm. Boot him. Yeah. I, think I, I, I take my hat off to Jamie Young. Uh, yep. There are there are a p- bunch of people that still don't understand the impact of some. Some of the terms you can mm. sl- sling at others, and yep. it's uh, that would be a much better way to go about it. Similar incident from many years ago with Adam Goods, which is highly documented. I'd like to think we've learnt our mistakes from the way that was all handled. Yeah. And- 
clearly, uh, as I said, it's it's good to see self policing. Like sit him said, down, though. sit him down with Jamie Young or yep. with someone and have a chat. I'll tell you, the best lesson I ever learned was when at school and I'd I'd oh, I pulled the chair out on a kid in about grade five and he hit the deck oh, and it hurt his game. tailbone. It wasn't good, yep. and that was everyone was doing it. And I thought I'm going to get copper belting when I got home. No, my dad just marched me down. And I had to sit inside with his parents and his family. Yep. And I wasn't let out for like an hour. He said, "You're staying in there. You're going to talk to that family about what's happened." Yeah. Fair income. It was the it was the best lesson I ever learned. Oh, seriously. It, yeah, and what it me. means is, I don't do that again for weeks. We never have to worry when we go and take our seat in the studio because he won't be doing it anytime <laughs> soon. Uh, that's our Gurney High Pressure moment. Gurney High Pressure cleaners, well done, Jamie Young. Uh, available at Bunnings Warehouse. All right, boys, been a big show, but before we sign off, uh, Bad Sats would like to hear about what you guys are looking forward to over the next uh, 72 odd hours oh, of sport. What's a on? Big weekend. Well, you tell me. I, I, I am really looking forward to. The crowd, not so much the result, I hope Australia wins, but the crowd and what sort of crowd turns up to watch the T20 game, Australia versus South Africa. Metricon Stadium. Yes. First one ever at the, on the Goldie. Pitch. yep. Yeah, okay. Really looking forward to seeing what support that gets. It's kind of Beautiful. got our measure at the moment, haven't they? they have, South yeah. Africa. Well, having said that, everyone's got our measure at the moment. Cricket. Beautiful stadium, Metricon, for those who haven't had yep. the pleasure of attending a sporting event there. I think it's tailor-made for a bit of nighttime cricket. I think it'll be a huge crowd. Hopefully it's a really entertaining game and... Hopefully the Aussies win, but I, I the think, Brisbane uh, Bears still play there. I think that was the last time I went. <laughs> no, it's the Gold Coast Suns. the old dog track around the ground yeah. too. They had at the Carrara. time. Yeah. So there you no, go. I went there when the uh, what were the Gold Coast called in the late nineties? The not the the Gold Coast Chargers. Chargers. Mm. Yes. Yeah. Ninety eight. Ninety nine. Were you there then? Yeah. Yeah. Ninety. How many times have you been at a club and then the club? You just move on and you don't look back and the club no, dies. I've, I've had, I've had to change clubs because two clubs have been kicked out of competitions. Well, that's, that's the same question. No, you're how saying do you I do moved it to them? Yeah. <laughs> it's not what you say, it's how you say it, Gary. Yeah. I played there so one So you not, played at the, the Crushers, you played... At the Chargers. At the Chargers, you played at the Adelaide Rams and they went. And there, the Western Reds. And... <laughs> <laughs> the old kiss of death, the poison chalice. It was Scott Sattler back in the day. But said, look, also the uh, Carrara, iconically, will be remembered from a footy point of view. The bad news bears, the Brisbane Bears, Christopher Scase, remember? Yeah. yeah. And Warwick Kappa played out there. He did not very well for a couple and of Captain years. Captain Charger I, um, used to have a sock down his. Oh, did, did. Captain Charger. Captain I had, Charger, a, I had a bit to do a few times with <laughs> uh, on the air with uh, Warwick Kappa when I was in, in uh, yeah. Brisbane doing radio. He's a different dude. He's a. He? Funny guy, yeah, but you know the great thing I loved about him. There was a guy it. at the Raiders in a similar vein, uh, Dave Woods, mug lair about everything. But they could laugh at themselves. You yeah, know, you had a crack, and he'd go, "Yeah, well, <laughs> well, that's just me." I reckon if you're donning the budgie smugglers and becoming a Gold Coast meter mate, you've got to have an ability to laugh <laughs> at yourself. And Wiz yeah. Kappa did that. Uh, uh, the Wobblies are playing. Yeah, now, now if they're ever going to get their act together against a, a team and get themselves back into the winning mode before they take England next week. Uh, they are playing against Italy's third team yeah. in, uh, in mm. Padua. Yeah. No, that, against Italy in Padua. No, but that's it. Italy have, in recent years, shown an ability to throw up the occasional Don't say it. No, Don't they say it. They have. Well, I'm they, just going to say... You can't lose to Italy. Well, I'm just going to suggest that in It'll this instance, you feel, I feel a little for Michael Checker. Not that he's in this position he's in right now because bad results have dictated that, but... He's on a hiding to nothing. Unless they win by 60 points, it's going to yeah. be looked upon as a bit of a failure. And if they get beaten, well, he might get sacked. So mm. I don't know what the Just take the goals. Just take the goals. Take the goals. Uh, what about your mate, Graham Arnold? Uh, Satsy's got an engagement on Saturday oh, he'll night. Win. He's just a winner. 
Yeah, he'll win. They go right, Korea. This Korea Republic. Yeah, this yeah. is not one of the best sides. He's not in Kim Asia. Jong. You know, he's not playing. He's not if, goal, like if he was in goal, no, we'd no, be in trouble. But he, he's not playing. <laughs> yeah. Second best. They're, they're the second best ranked nation, I think, in the Asian region. Yep, so, behind us. No, behind Japan. Oh, we're not. I think we're oh. about third or fourth. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Oh, we're in trouble. We didn't have a great. <laughs> we didn't have a great World Cup. Actually, remember we we didn't win a game. Hey, yeah. we don't. It's a bit like uh, only as good as your last game. Who Greg Inglis, who Greg Inglis playing for Queensland. We've we've got any. We've got a Scotsman playing who's never even set foot we in do. Australia. Martin exactly. Boyle. Good luck to yeah. him. He's uh, he's going to make himself familiar with our customs and also wear the green and gold. So that's we'll deport uh, him if we don't win. <laughs> <laughs> that's Saturday night at Suncorp Stadium. So a huge weekend in sport. That's been a huge show. This has been off the bench. Uh, Sats, you have a great weekend. You too, Benjamin. Badge. Ditto. You See have you a good Benny. one. And we will catch same time next week right here on Off the Bench.